Hello and welcome to our third Scottish Premiership season preview podcast on energy sport. My name is Sean McGill and regular listeners of energy sport content won't be surprised to hear this is the podcast I'm most excited for in this series. That's because I'm joined by Lachlan Hyatt, sports editor at the Kilmarnock Standard, to talk all things Kelly ahead of next week's season kickoff. Uh, Lachlan, thanks for joining me. How are you doing? I'm not bad, mate. It's a pleasure coming on and helping you out and keeping all things Kelly. Uh, exactly. I've been looking for an excuse just to have a Kelly exclusive podcast for a while. So, well, you start with the elf teams in it. <laughs> That's it. Um, were you a Kelly fan growing up, or is it just because the area you're in? No, I've, I've been a Kelly fan all my life. I've got season yeah. tickets since I was a young boy, uh, home and away games. And my papa that got me into them. Uh, yeah, ever since I've, I've supported them. So, is that a bit crazy that like you were sitting in the, the stands and now Kelly fans look to you for their their news and their transfer rumours and all those sorts of things? I, I it's weird because I, I used to be the same fan, you know, just like, Twitter and stuff, and like, I, it's pretty pretty weird. It's nice to have that responsibility but obviously when it when it doesn't go your way and, and things fall through it's only the blame didn't they? but uh, I get I get what you mean but I think you do a cracking job. I like looking at your at your tweets. I keep them I keep I remember was it a year or two ago you were on holiday on transfer deadline day and everyone was like going mental. Aye I, I, <laughs> I find that badly the last two deadline days I've been on holiday for both of them. How dare you? Uh, I know, I know. <laughs> I get get news out if I could, but it was uh, it's no fun. <laughs> well, take a quick look back at last season. Obviously, coming off of that historic season, uh, the one before record points total, third for the first time in sixty odd years, European football for the first time in about twenty years, uh, and then it really was kind of lacklustre the following season. Uh, why do you think that was? We'll start with Angelo Alessio. What, what do you think went wrong there? Was it just the wrong appointment from the off? Did it just never really gel with the players? Uh, I don't know. It was a funny one because when Alessio came in, you know, it, it, it was big news. You know, ex-Chelsea. He won the Premier League with Chelsea as a, as a coach. Yeah. Uh, Italian national team, Juventus. So, I mean, it's not as if it was a bad appointment per se, but you know what it's like in Scotland. Foreign managers just don't do well. I don't think there's actually been an example of, you know, a European manager coming in because you look back to Paul Aguin, for example, didn't they work? Daniel yeah. Stengel more recently, you know. So I, I just I don't know if it's just the way Scottish football is, uh, or if it's the way the players maybe are, but it just kind of it doesn't ever seem to click. And I, th- I, I thought maybe at first Alessio would have been the right guy, but I don't know if maybe the language barrier was a bit too much in the end because you can't rely on somebody translating at half time and you've only got 10 minutes for example uh, and say, say you're doing two and a half at half time you need to get a quick message across to them because you want them straight back out but so I don't know if, if that was maybe the biggest issue I, I don't know it's, it's hard to kind of tell but obviously he started the worst way possible you know getting knocked out for Connie's key you're not going to be able to recover for that unless you storm it and come third or whatever. There's no, so he'd maybe be forgiven. He was sitting in fifth in the table, which would have been fine, but I think because of that initial starting foot as low as the club can get, you've got to Aye. do a lot to come back. People so, did really write him off from that, wasn't it? Obviously, it was in 
a really embarrassing defeat, but there just seemed to be no way of recovery from that. Yeah, I know you're right. He, he was totally... I had fans tweeting me, messaging me, saying... Because obviously I, I spoke to him after the game. Right. And it, they were saying, oh, he's got to go. And it's like, I understand that it was an embarrassing result, but saying that somebody's got to go after one game... I know it, it's probably one of the worst results in Cubs history, in fairness, but you've got to give the guy time. Like He came in and the squad wasn't really ready, I don't think. And it was... He had to put his own stamp on it, and he hadn't quite done that yet. And he was really written off early, but at the same time, the results didn't help him kind of follow in that. So, but I think uh, if they held on against Rangers in the opening day of the season, that that might have been different. You know, getting a point against a good Rangers team, it was very unlucky not to get a point. Uh, so I think it might have been the confidence they, they maybe would have needed. And then I think they went to Hamilton the next week and lost. I just doesn't help. Uh, exactly, absolutely. Um, Alex Dyer then obviously stepped up and took the role. How did you feel on the second half of the season when Dyer was in charge? How do you think that went? Yeah, listen, it wasn't amazing. It wasn't, and I suppose we finished worse than when Alessio left. But you could see the squad were kind of slowly getting there. Mm. And Maybe a case of reverting back to the way Steve Clark had been playing. I think you could see that Alex Dyer was maybe trying to be more in that mould. And it takes time, you know, it takes time to kind of get players back into that mentality after they've been out it for, for a wee while. But I, I think they were, they were all right. It was uh, probably disappointing finishing where they did. And it, it looked unlikely that they were getting top six. But at the same time, I think um, it was all right but just maybe a bit underwhelming, if anything. Do you think, going forward, Dyer long-term is the right option? Because I feel like some Kelly fans could sort of see that a steady hand and some consistency might be the right idea just now. I think another section maybe a wee bit underwhelmed, considering, like you said, the form wasn't outstanding under Dyer. Yeah, I actually wrote a piece about this a few weeks ago when he got appointed in the paper. And I think he, I think he has the right appointment at this moment in time. Uh, in terms of long term, I don't know. That's obviously you know, to see how he gets on. But I think at the moment, especially considering the budget's probably going to be a lot less than you would want, I think he's a good steady pair of hands to come in. At, and it's the cheap option at the moment. And I think the board can be forgiven for, for taking that. Because it's not as if it's a bad appointment because he, he knows the club, he knows the players, he knows everybody, he knows how the clubs run. So I think uh, he's, he's the appointment the club needed to now just to steady the ship for a year because it's going to be hard with no youth uh, development squad um, to maybe rely on. Um, so he basically just needs to go with what he's got for a year and I think Dyer's probably the man to do that. Now. Yeah, I was wanting to talk to you about that, the sort of raft of youth team players that were let go just as um, lockdown really started and it sort of became apparent that football wouldn't be continuing for this year. Why did the club make that decision? Was it just purely cost-cutting? Yeah, I believe so, because there's not going to be a development league, for what I understand, this year. Right. So, I mean, these guys are just going to be sitting, hoping they maybe got on the bench the odd time. And I obviously, if they're getting paid and they're not really... Playing football, it, it just kind of doesn't make sense like, financially. And it, it's no good for their careers either, because these guys will maybe be able to go out now and 
I spoke to a young goalkeeper, Jamie Watford, he's away to Shunran now, and he'll be pushing for first team football there. But yeah. maybe with that option, you know, staying in the development squad. So it's a shame for the boys kind of getting released because a few of them are definitely on the cusp of first team football. But at the same time, the Dyer's kept a couple of the boys, so he thinks yeah. that maybe they are maybe good enough to, to start pushing in. So it could be good for their careers in that sense that they can maybe go and seek pastures new. You know? Do you think there's the potential to sort of really affect Kilmarnock in the future? Because right now, as you said, they've got. They know what they're working with, and there's no development league. But say in two, three years' times, when there's no players to come through and make an impact in the squad, and to sell on as well, because for a club of Kilmarnock size, that kind of has to be the business plan to sort of uh, bring through these young players and sell them on. So you think that could have long-term ramifications? Yeah, absolutely. Because Kelly's a decent. No, it's maybe good as other clubs like Hamilton and stuff. They just seem to have an amazing youth system. Yeah, MacArthur and McCarthy, etc. Um, but Kelly, I mean, Greg Taylor is the, the perfect example. And you've got your Robin Muirhead, Matty Kennedy, players like that. They maybe don't go for, I know Taylor went for a decent wedge, but right. Kennedy and Muirhead, they didn't go for too much, but they still can play the youth system and, and earn the club, you know, a bit of money. So right. it, it, having these players coming through, um, and it, it's just no going to be kind of sustainable going forward. But you'd like to think, though, in the next year, when things are back to normal, Maybe the younger boys will be ready to step up to the development league because I think they've still kept the say your under seventeens and stuff. So you just hope that it kinda goes through the air and they can maybe build that back up slowly. Yeah, absolutely. Um there obviously a lot of youth team players went, but there's also a lot of first team players who were involved in the squad last year have gone as well. Who do you think will be the biggest misses out of that bunch? Stephen O'Donnell's got to be the standout. Yeah. Yeah, I know a lot of fans didn't mind him leaving because he maybe maybe feel as if he down tools a bit, and that's that's fair enough. But he's he's going to be a total loss because he, he was games he kind of he was unplayable. But Aaron McGowan does seem a decent replacement, and he he's very good. But yet to see, I I've not actually seen much of him apart from Kelly's played Hamilton. Um, but the reviews I'm getting for the people I know at Hamilton are pretty good and he won player of the year and stuff there so so at least we've replaced him well um, I think uh, the other ones we, we lost um, El Fabro maybe aye aye obviously the kind of loan guys um, El Fabro out of the he's definitely out of the loan guys mm. um, he, he was a big presence at the back same mode as kind of Pascali wouldn't they you know he just kind yeah. of oh and they had a great partnership with Finlay when they, whenever they could play with each other if one of them wasn't injured. I know, it's a nightmare. And Brunescu, I know he wasn't very favoured. You know, he, he was thrown in a clanger, he, he was, but uh. he, he had a decent presence in the goal. And he had a lot of clean sheets and, and he did have some good saves. But I suppose as long as we get another goalkeeper in, possibly from the Premier League, then <laughs> uh, I'm sure it will be too much of a loss. Uh, funny you mentioned that, it's actually my next question. Uh, you sent out a tweet last night that sent a lot of Kelly fans, including myself, uh, pretty crazy. Uh, you said that you understand it's a matter of when and not if in terms of Dan Backman coming back on loan from Watford. Uh, how soon do you expect that to sort of be done and just how big a signing is that? Well, I think it'll be a case of finishing the season off for Watford. Right. And I don't know if, if maybe Watford getting relegated is going to change anything, that's beyond my kind of 
remit, but yep. as far as I'm aware, you know, the deal's pretty much ready to go, just a case of starting to do the finer points when, when the season's over for them. Um, the, Kelly tried to get him in January, and that didn't kind of come off. Um, but it should just be in the next couple of weeks, certainly before the Hibs game, I'd, I'd imagine we'll, we'll have him. Hopefully. And how, how big a signing is that? Because he was just absolutely fantastic under Steve Clark, wasn't he? Oh, he's, he's huge. He's certainly one of the best goalkeepers in the last 10, 20 years at Kelly, anyway. He's, and that's pretty impressive considering the likes of Cammy Bell, Jim McDonald. Absolutely. No, these, these goalkeepers were great, Cammy Bell especially, but it was just back when he was just, a, you could tell it, he seems like a Premier League goalkeeper, and I just Absolutely. don't know if he had his chance. I suppose there'd be good goalkeepers at Watford, but you think he would have at least kind of gotten a few games, you know? I think he, yeah. he played a game and had a bit of a howler right enough. Yeah, so. I remember seeing that. And Danny Rogers is in on trail as well at the moment. Um, so do you expect him to come in as sort of the number two to Backman? Is that the thinking just now? Yeah, certainly. The way the way things are going now, Backman does come in. I, I don't see Rogers playing ahead of him, kind of. Initially, but I've no, I don't, I've not actually seen Danny Rogers play uh, myself. But um, he, he certainly seems as if he'll be good enough as a backup in, uh, if, if we need him. You know, because he, he's a Premier League goalkeeper, uh, SPL goalkeeper. So yeah, absolutely. And you, in that tweet, you also mentioned Aaron Tishbola, another player who was with the club under Steve Clark. Uh, he looks a deal sort of in the works for him just now. Is that right? I, it just kind of came out of nowhere, to be fair. Um, obviously, things blew up on Twitter, and I think he was picked up in the hotel as well. So, um, But my understanding now is that he, he's, he's in talks. There's certainly nothing agreed or, or whatever, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he signed. It's, it'd be a good move for, for both parties, because he needs to kind of get his career back on track after a couple of bad moves. and. And it'd be a good move for Kelly because as much as Dicker and Power they're, they're good, but they're, they're a bit older now, you know. And and Dispole, I think he's twenty six, if I, if my memory serves me. So it's a good kind of player to base your team around in the next couple of years if he if he does hit the ground running. Do you think there's also maybe a um, an idea that Dispole is a bit too similar to what we have already? I reckon that'd probably be like four defensive midfielders would have if you include El and with Power and Dicker that you said there, do you think Kelly also need to look at maybe a more creative option in midfield? Yeah, I know absolutely they do, but I don't know if because they tried El McCreaney a bit further forward last season and it just that doesn't suit him that kind of role. Aye, no. Same with Power and Dicker, you couldn't play them further up, I don't think, because they're just so good at, at ball they're ball winning midfielders, you know, it's it's but I don't know if the Spoiler could maybe if he was utilised in that role, if he if he could be more of an attacking threat. Because you look at Mark O'Hara, when he left Kelly, he was like a kind of defensive midfielder. Mm. So he played everywhere right enough, but then uh-huh. he ended up at like a centre attacking midfielder for Dundee. So I, I don't know if you can maybe unlock that potential with this bowler coming in. So. Yeah, it would be good to see because I think a lack of creativity is what really hampered Kilmarnock last season. Aye, they've not been the same to Greg Stewart left, as simple as that. He, he was unlocking defences single-handedly and... And I believe that if, if Stuart stayed, they could have really been pushing Rangers for second place in the season that they came to third. And certainly they'd have been more comfortable in third place than they, than they were. Yeah, definitely. And um, you also mentioned 
uh, JJ Hooper and Brandon Hemstruck in your tweet last night. Uh, what do you sort of know about those guys and do you expect those deals to get done as well? Well, JJ Hooper's a bit less likely, I think. Right. Yeah, he's just in as a kind of, just see how he does. And it's nice like holding his trial, which is always, always handy. Um, but he he's played, he played with Wrexham last season. And I know somebody that, that, that follows Wrexham and he kind of down tools there a wee bit. But then I don't know if that's because he might have his eyes on a move. But I don't know if that's the mentality you want. And I think he's had trials with Inver, Justin Wraith. And it, it's not worked out there. So I don't know what the, what the thinking is there. Whether it's just an extra squad option if he does sign. Um, but Brandon Houndstrup, he certainly a deal was well on the table. He's turned down a new deal at Portsmouth and he's been up training for at least a week. So just need to see how, how he likes it up here and and how he how he kind of settles in. But he certainly, I think at the moment, he's preferring a move up here to Bristol Rovers, which is, is also a target. It's a good sign. Um, if Hamstrup does sign, he'll be challenging Callum Waters, who returned from loan at St Mirren. Uh, Waters was always really good, I thought, when he sort of deputised for... Taylor, so do you expect that to be sort of a good battle for, for left-back this time round because we lost both Hamline and Hendry? Yeah, I totally agree. I think uh, Waters is a good option. And, and last season when he went, in loan, went out and loaned, folk were kind of questioning it. But I think it was a good move because it got him a bit of game time in the, the Premiership. And uh, it means that he can come back now and fight for that spot. So I, I don't know if he'll maybe be the initial option at left-back and it'll be a case of Poundstruck needs to prove himself. Um, I think Waters will certainly be the starting left-back initially. And then it'll be a, a good battle, as you say, with him and Poundstruck to see who, who'll be the kind of left-back going forward. And of the four sort of concrete signings that have been done so far, we mentioned Adam McGowan already, but who out of that pool is really exciting you? Who do you think was sort of a a good buy for Kelly on what you know so far? Um, I think Danny Whitehall's a, a bit of a, a wild card, so he is, because he comes off the kind of same mould as Kabamba. He comes up for the same league. He, he's a kind of tall striker, pretty similar to Kabamba. He's quite good in the air as well, to what I've seen. So I think he'll be a good then, um, because Dyer seems to prefer two up front, which is, which is quite good, I think. So, you know, the likes of Whitehall playing off Brophy. Um, it would be quite a good partnership, I think, if, if Kabamba and maybe Disney fall into favour. And where else do you think Kelly still needs to improve in this window? What sort of areas do you think they should be looking to still strengthen before the new season? Well, as we're speaking, obviously, goalkeeper, because it's on the cut of there at the moment. <laughs> so, we're all going well back when the Rodgers will come in, but say one of those fall through, then you definitely need another option. Yep. In, I suppose right back or something. Maybe another centre back just as a bit of cover. Yeah. Then I don't know if the thinking is getting to small end does Dicker then become the kind of next option at centre back? Because um, that would kind of put a couple of years on his career as well if he maybe drop back. To back. So he's yeah. always done well when he's done it, hasn't he? When he's had to drop in because of injuries or suspensions or whatever, he's done a decent job, Gary Dicker. Aye, aye absolutely, absolutely. He's. Um, He's a model pro, he's a perfect captain, you know, he's a, uh, he play wherever really, if you put him up front, I'm sure he would do a shift. <laughs> and you mentioned model pro there, I think the sort of epitome of that has been Chris Burke over the last couple of seasons, uh, I mean he's 
37 now, is that right? And he's just still performing at a ridiculously high level. How good was he last year? Oh, yeah, amazing. <laughs> you wouldn't know watching him that he's, he's 36 or 37. He, he plays like a 25-year-old, so he does. Right. And in that game against Queen's Park, six assists. I've never seen that ever. Were you aware of that at the time, that all six were Park? Were you sort of... Was, oh, was no, afterwards? Game and then I kind of looked, I was on flash score, just kind of looking. Because I, like, <laughs> I think three or four of them were corners, weren't they? And then like, one of the free kick kind of worked. Aye. Aye, it was uh, pretty incredible. So it was. But he, he's some player, he is, and he's such a nice guy as well to talk to. And, and he's great for the kind of younger kids as well, because he's, he's been there, he's done it everywhere. So he, he can kind of help the guys improve, you know. That was one of the deals that you weren't quite sure if he was going to re-sign at the end of the season, but it was fantastic to see that he did. Somebody else who was in that boat was Greg Kilty, who was flying for Kelly before and then had his injury problems and has really struggled to sort of stamp his place on his team, has had a few loan spells. How crucial a season is this for him in terms of sort of uh, proving himself and making his Kelly career really stand out? Yeah, I think this could actually be the make-or-break season for Kelty, to be honest. Um, it's, it's never worked for him before in terms of getting a regular run. You know, I thought last season would have been that, but it didn't quite work out for him. But I'm, I'm glad he stayed, because he's, he's still got something to prove at Kelly, and, and Kelly kind of kind of own a kind of chance of trying to kind of get his career on track there, because... It's just it's a funny one because he's got so much potential. It's just never really worked out for him. And obviously he's had a couple of injuries, which hasn't helped him. But I think I think this year could be. I've said this probably every year, right? Enough. I think uh, this could be for Kelty to to go for it because you know, maybe, as you say about those creative options, could Kelty be the answer for that? Never know. Yeah, I think that was definitely what a lot of Cumberland fans were hoping at sort of the midway point of last season when he got recalled from. Dunfermline really needs some creativity and hopefully he could do it. It just didn't quite work. I know we played 4-4-2, so it was probably harder for him to sort of pick up those sort of spaces in between the lines. But yeah, it'd be great to see because after that, the playoff final back in 2016, him scoring those goals, you just really hoped that he would kick on and be a fantastic player for Kelly and it's just not quite worked out. It was the same way the last season as well. We came on against Rangers in the 2-1 the the first game of the season. It, it changed that game. Like he, he set up the the Kelly goal, but he was certainly he was instrumental in Kelly yeah. kind of forcing a comeback. Obviously, it ended up in two one, but he was really big in that game. And then I think he played against Hamilton, and then he ended up just getting loaned out. It was mm. Did seem a strange one. Another sort of attacking player who's been at Kelly for a long time is Rory McKenzie. Uh, the, he made his comments last week. He's approaching his testimonial. And he said he sort of felt in the same vein as Manchester United's Phil Jones that if he had the testimonial, people wouldn't show up. How did you feel when you saw those comments from Mackenzie? Oh, it's gotten, it it's gotten, we have 10 years. And I get that, okay, he's maybe, he doesn't set the world alight, right? But if he's a world-class player or a top player, he wouldn't still beat Kelly. That's the long and short of it. But he's a, I'll go back to the model pro, Rory Mackenzie's another yeah. ideal model pro. He, he works hard every game. He's maybe not got the end product or whatever that you maybe want. But again, he wouldn't have been here for 10 years if he did. So he, he just he works hard every game and he deserves a testimonial. And I really hope that 
the Kelly fans turn up for it, you know. Yeah, all these model pros that you mentioned must be good for the youngsters coming through as well. And uh, sort of, I'd say the brightest star of those right now would be Ali Taylor after his debut at Parkhead on the same pitch as his brother, which must have been a great day for uh, the family there. What do you make of Ali Taylor so far? What's the sort of noise he's coming at the club about him? Yeah, I think he, he's well in the plans. It, it was a funny one because obviously kind of got announced that he was leaving or he had yeah. the contract. And then all of a sudden he's back. So I don't know, they've obviously kind of promised him he at least get a chance this season. Because mm-hmm. I don't think he would have stayed if he, if he wasn't going to get a chance. There was other rumours going about that he was going to join his brother at Celtic. But I think he's realised for his career he's best kind of staying at Kelly and trying to kind of maybe. Because again, I'll go back to Dicker and Power. Even El McCreaney, they're a bit older. So they're not going to be playing every week. And it's up to Ali Taylor to he forces his way into the team and, and stay in the team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Stuart Finlay's been fantastic over these last couple of years for Kilmarnock. He had his injury problems last year and I feel like he sort of fell away towards the end of the season, but I believe he's approaching sort of the end of his contract at Kelly. So is this sort of a case of Stuart Finlay maybe putting himself in the shop window this year and getting a really big move for a very talented player? Yeah, no, uh, probably. Um, I'd like to think the club are putting everything into getting him to sign a kind of deal, even if it's a case of just getting a bit of money for him if he does move on. Um, obviously, I'd love him to stay as a Kelly fan, you know, because he's been huge for the success the last couple of years. Probably one of the biggest parts of the success, to be honest. So, if he does stay, great, but if not, we need to at least try and get a bit of money for him because he can't have another situation like Jordan Jones. Right? Losing a big player like that and not getting any money for him. Yeah, um, so we've spoken about lots of sort of individual things there, but speaking more generally, what would you say that Kelly need to do this season? How do they need to improve as a whole as a team to be at least fighting for top six? Because I'm sure that's what the club's aims are. Yeah, I think they need to score more goals, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I know that sounds dead obvious, but look, Kelly's been pretty solid at the back. I've not got the stats to hand, but just kind of looking around, I think. At the back, it's been fine, eh, apart from obviously maybe a few errors or whatever. Um, but I think there's just no creative enough. And again, it goes back to Greg Stewart. Since he left, there's just no been that creativity. And even the likes of Jordan Jones, you know, when he was busting up the wing, it gave you a chance of having an attack. But we've just not had that. So you just kind of need to, and I don't know if the likes of Whitehall and stuff is going to be good for that. And maybe Kelty getting utilised more of a playmaker role. And I don't know if Chris Burke will stay out in the wing because his legs will all be the same. Kind of, you maybe start using him in the middle in certain games. Mm. I don't know if that's in Dyer's thinking, or but I mean that could be another option to the, the creativity in the middle of the park. So we've been asking all our contributors for a prediction. So so far we've had Celtic and Rangers. So I'm not going to ask you the same question I asked them in terms of winning the title. Funnily enough. But um, what's your sort of gut feeling going into this season? How do you think Kelly are going to perform? I think we'll be, we'll be pushing for top six. I think it'll be maybe six or, six or seven, depending on whether they get into that top six by the end of the, the 33 games. Yeah, and I think that's a fair enough goal for Kelly because likes of Hibs are strengthening, you know, and indeed United are going to come in and hit the ground running, I think, as well. You've got Motherwell. 
Uh, you've all you've got St Johnston and stuff. I know they did a very good season last year, but they've always got the potential to get back up there. And you know, there's good teams in the league, so I think top six would be a realistic and kind of good aim as well. You know, I don't think they could have too much complaints. And then I think maybe a fourth place ends up being a European spot, depending on cups and stuff. Then that might be a kind of second aim. You know, kind of try and get into that fourth spot, but. I think that would be very hard, but certainly top six would be a realistic game, I think. Yeah, here's hoping. Uh, before I let you go, is there, do you want to let people know where they can find you on social media? Have you got anything else you want to plug or let people know about just now? Yeah, just give me a follow on Twitter. It's at Lockie Hyatt. Um, we've also started a Facebook page. It's called Interviews with Lachlan Hyatt. There's not too much on there now, but in the future, I'm hoping to kind of speak to you know, sporting personalities around the Ayrshire kind of pretty regularly. It's obviously not been ideal at the moment trying to get that sorted, but aye. Um, aye, just, just uh, even Twitter, I've put everything I know on Twitter in terms of news and, and stories and interviews. So, aye. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for joining me. We hope you enjoyed this latest episode in the Energy Sport Season Preview Podcast series. Uh, don't forget to subscribe so the series and our other great shows appear straight in your podcast feed. And you can follow us on Twitter at ENRG Sport or find our website energysport.net for the latest for our fantastic team of writers and podcasters. Thanks for listening and we hope you'll join us again soon. Cheers. <laughs>